From award-winning restaurant industry news to original analysis and reporting you can't get anywhere else, restaurant business memberships provide you with the information you need to future-proof your operation. Subscribe now with code RBPODCAST21 for a free 30-day trial and get the tools you need for growth and success. How is Jimmy John's thinking of marketing now that it is part of Inspire Brands? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Darren Dugan, the Chief Marketing Officer for Jimmy John's, to talk about the chain's recent marketing moves. Jimmy John's has made some notable changes in its approach to the brand since it became part of the Atlanta-based Inspire, which operates Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Sonic, and Duncan. Darren talks about those changes and Jimmy John's thinking behind them. We talk about the change to its menu, a rare one for a company that has largely done things the same since its founding. We also discuss the company's current ad campaign and the performance of its first ever Super Bowl ad. Please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Darren Dugan. Darren, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hello. Thanks for having me. All right, sir. Darren, what's going on with Jimmy John's right now? What are you guys doing? Well, Jimmy John's is doing a bunch of things, right? Coming off of a tough 2020, as mm-hmm. I know you are more than aware of, um, introducing a number of new initiatives in 2021, including things, Jonathan, like a new brand and visual identification system. And you and I can be happy to talk about that more. A new advertising campaign, a new campaign idea, a new creative strategy, um, and then innovation. Um, so Jimmy John's uh, is a wonderful brand, but it's been relatively stable in terms of its menu and what goes on it. And we are now introducing more innovation in terms of an LTO type of product. As an example, we introduced a smoking kick and chicken in February that did very, very well for mm-hmm. us that you may, uh, you may be aware of. Um, and so a lot of new things to sort of help improve relevance uh, of the brand and take the brand to the next level as it has now obviously become part of its fire. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess let's, let's, let's talk about the menu first, because that's uh, uh, um, fairly different. Um, you know, I mean, throughout its history, I mean, Jimmy John's had a very, very, very stable menu, really never very, I don't, I mean, if it changed, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so now you got, Talk a little bit about what you guys did differently, um, and, and and that's a pretty and what you did differently is actually pretty different, at least for Jimmy John's. Yeah, so we introduced um, a new menu. Now, Jonathan, when I say new menu, I just want to be clear: um, the menu took the new brand ID, the new visual look of the brand, right? So we really put some. Um, interesting innovation into the logo, into all of the symbols of the brand. And we brought that onto the menu, right? So the look of the menu changed. Mm -hmm. The items on the menu didn't really change, right? but we did introduce combos. So previously, Jimmy John's had not offered a combo. And I think most people are familiar with what a combo meal is. And we introduced combos onto the menu for the first time. Um, really behind consumers' desire to help um, ease the complexity of the menu, even though it's a pretty simple menu, right? 
So we did that in February. Um, the menu look and tone and feel has been incredibly well received. Combos have been incredibly well received in by consumers in terms of um, what they can, the more food they can get and the less that they pay for a combo, right? Um, so that's gone over very well. So um, in general, I think you can expect to see more changes on our menu to your point. I think it's fair to say that in general, the Jimmy John's menu hadn't materially changed in 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And so right. you can expect to see more um, things coming forward. Right. So when you, how do you go from, so you went from a, a, a company that really never had LTOs like, like, uh, like that. And, and then you, and then you start, start doing that. What was there, like, what kind of process and what kind of thinking that you had to, to, to get to that particular point? And then, and then how do you tell consumers that this thing is, is happening at a chain that never really did that before? Yeah. So um, innovation is a key driver within the QSR segment. And, mm -hmm. and Jimmy John's is really in QSR. So as we think about the guest, the guest is going to all sorts of, of places. Let's just think about lunch, which obviously is our key day part. The guest is going to all sorts of, of different locations, not just direct competitors, right? Not just direct competitors, other sub shops, if you will. So innovation is a lifeblood of the category. Consumers want innovation. They desire new tastes and flavors. And so we needed to get more competitive in that space. So that was the strategic angle for working on innovation. Now, you always have to start with the consumer or the guest um, and understand what they're looking for. What is the white space that we currently aren't offering? And we go through a pretty rigorous evaluation system, Jonathan, coming from anywhere from 50 to 100 concepts that, that would fill a white space need. And I'll, I'll close the loop on that white space in just a minute. Um, and taking it all the way through in terms of consumer and taste tests, making sure that we're optimizing the product along the way, making sure that we can deliver the product operationally. Because one of the things that we need to keep in mind is our stores aren't necessarily used to um, new SKUs coming into um, um, back of house. So we need to be sensible about that. And smoking kicking chicken, which I referenced earlier, chicken is a protein that is not on the menu permanently, right? It's, it's, not, a, it's not a core menu protein. So that filled a really nice white space for us. Um, and that's what led to the, uh, the introduction of that LTO. Mm -hmm. Is this something that I'm obviously you're going to be planning uh, of pretty regular, uh, 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 you know, pretty regular LTOs from, from here on out? I mean, how are you thinking in terms of number per year and things like that? Yeah, good question. So we definitely uh, will be continuing our innovation strategy as we move forward. With regard to the, the number of times per year, I think that's hard to say. I think seasons matter, right? So as we think about fall and winter and spring and summer, um, seasons matter for us. I also think it's fair to say that we aren't going to become an LTO brand. I think mm. you can think of some QSRs that run a ton of limited time offer deals and, and that works for them. And I, I think that's fine. Um, it, it introduces a ton of complexity, right? And can introduce um, a lot of cost. And so I think while we absolutely are committed to innovation, it drives interest, it drives trial, it drives relevance. 
to me, it's just about kind of the right balance of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you balance this? Talk a little bit about like, how, how do you balance the idea of, you know, cause of, of the need for innovation with, you know, that brand's his historic simplicity. And, you know, cause that's, you know, I mean, again, it never really had LTOs before. Now it has LTOs. You added another protein. Um, you know, you, you go from, you know, the same number of SKUs pretty much every, every year to now you have to add some things. How do you balance that, those two issues? And do you mean balance it within the system? Yeah. How do you make sure that you're not overdoing it? Like, right. Because like, it seems like in a brand like Jimmy John's, you could probably pretty quickly overdo it and and get more (laughs) complex than they're really ready for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we stay very close to our franchisees um, and we market test everything before we're going to bring it to market. um, Right. So number of SKUs, right. The cost of the SKUs, the pricing of the sandwich, how it's made on the make line. Jimmy John's is very meticulous. And and I I know you've been to a Jimmy John's, right? You can get a sandwich made in under 30 seconds. Sometimes you're getting your sandwich handed to you before you're done paying. So it is a very meticulous Mm -hmm. operation. And that is the beauty of it, right? Like it's hospital clean and incredibly meticulous. We keep those same um, guardrails as we move into innovation, right? There is a meticulous operational procedure for it. It's got to fit seamlessly into the make line. We run market tests. We get the feedback. We adapt to what our operators are telling us because we have to ensure that when we come out of the gates, they can execute it flawlessly so that the guest doesn't have a different experience on an LTO item than they would say on a turkey tom. Mm-hmm. That speed is pretty important historically to what Jimmy John's is. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's that, you know, I mean, historically that's what it marketed itself as freaky fast, you know, freaky fast delivery. You go in there and that's, you know, I'm impatient. So that's one of the reasons why I like Jimmy John's. I go in there and I get my sandwich very, very quickly. I tend to think yeah. that's an underrated element to the, to, to the company's identity. Yeah. It's interesting that you say underrated. <clears throat> I would say that, Jimmy John's has built quite a bit of its house on Freaky Fast. Mm-hmm. When we speak to our guests, that is among the very, if not the very first thing that comes um, to their mind. And I think that that's a real benefit. I think our proprietary delivery system is a real benefit. But like I say, which is sort of a silly metaphor, so it's what gets you to the dance doesn't get you home, right? So we need to start telling the story of Jimmy John's beyond fast, right? So fast is important, but with the incredible growth in third party, mm-hmm. they may not be as fast, but consumers' expectations on speed have changed through the pandemic. They're a bit right. more forgiving. So now we have a wonderful story around freshness. So freaky fast, freaky fresh, freaky fast is all people tend to sort of remember. But the reality is that we bake our bread at six in the morning every, and we never let bread get older than four hours, right? We have all natural meats. We slice every vegetable fresh in-house every morning. There's a wonderful freshness story about Jimmy John's and consumers don't really know about it. And so now we've started to tell more of that story arc 
um, in some of the campaign elements that we've launched this year. Mm-hmm. Talk about that camp. Talk about those campaign elements. So uh, we introduced a new uh, a new advertising campaign behind what I would call an anti-hero. His name is Tony Bolonovich. And he is the, he's the creative strategy, if you will, the representation of our creative strategy. And he is a, the sandwich king, if you will, of an unnamed location. And he is pretty much consistently quite frustrated with Jimmy John's, or as he says, Jimmy's John's, coming onto his turf and introducing high quality, well-priced premium sandwiches that are gonna dig into his profits and sales. And of course, during the course of of that um, creative endeavor, what he ultimately is doing is really underscoring um, how great Jimmy John's is. So we introduced that on the Super Bowl um, this year, which was great. We were the first Inspire brand to launch a national ad on the Super Bowl, which which was nice. And we've continued that behind the LTO of Smoking, Kicking Chicken, we had a Meet the King video, and right now we currently are running advertising around a five off 20 um, promotion and then our, our bread. So that's a good example, Jonathan, of we're running a promotion, but then we're also advertising on broadcast a story about how great our bread is mm-hmm. because it's really great. And consumers need to hear us talking about that. And the campaign has been very well received. Um, Brad Garrett, as I think I'm sure you've seen some of the work at least, is um, is the lead character in it. Right, right. Yeah, no, I have, uh, I definitely, well, I I certainly watched the Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Um, that was the first one for Jimmy John's, yeah, obviously. <clears throat> for a Super Bowl? Yeah, for a Super Bowl. Oh, ad. yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. How did that work? How did, how did it, uh, I mean, how did, uh, uh, what was the response? Um, you know, how did that go over? Uh, the response was uh, incredible. The ads are scoring incredibly with consumers. And it's all about, you know, making sure that Jimmy John's is on the map, right? Mm-hmm. We're a bit of a challenger brand, a little bit. When you think about some of the big guys, we're a little bit of a challenger brand. And, and it's funny, Jonathan, because we filmed the spots the first week of January in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And of course, we had to do it remote due to a number of, uh, obviously, um, <clears throat> rules within Los Angeles and also part of SAG. So we were on Zoom for about 12 hours a day <laughs> and uh, filming these uh, commercials. And uh, we got the work back and the work was even better than what we had hoped for. We had changed agencies. We moved to Anomaly, Los Angeles in late November we created the work in January. The work came back. We felt it was so powerful and it tested so well that we couldn't not get into the Super Bowl. It was very close timing. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we went in and got a Super Bowl spot. When I say last minute, I do mean last minute, um, but we got one. And, uh, and that's where we wanted to launch it and really put Jimmy John's, I think, back on the map. Right. We're a challenger brand, but we're not a small brand. Right. But we are a little bit of a challenger brand and certainly uh, accomplish that goal. Right. So you so you saw the you saw the ad and then made the decision, a, a fairly quick decision to put it on during the Super Bowl. Correct. When the work came in, it was even better than what we had hoped. I mean, obviously, we you know, we want the best advertising we can possibly um, develop. 
And when the work came in, it just hit so spot on. And we were a few weeks before the Super Bowl, and we were about to launch our first LTO, the Smoking Kick and Chicken. Mm-hmm. And literally at the first meeting, we said, you know, we need a big stage to do this. Now, we had a buy, of course, as you can imagine. But we need a big stage to really launch this and help amplify and kick it off. And the Super Bowl happened to be about two weeks away. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they still had spots available during that particular do they usually have spots i have to admit i don't know a whole lot about super bowl yeah well they traditionally don't um but oftentimes um for a variety of reasons brands might come in and then might rescind and there was um a spot for us to come in um in the front half and it was right right before halftime if you remember so i was anxiously watching the game i wanted to make sure it got in the front half because the, the game wasn't quite as interesting um, in the back half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that happens yeah. during the Super Bowl, I've heard. Um, <laughs> uh, you kind of want to be on the front end. So is that, uh, is that, do you expect that, how long do you expect that campaign to continue? I mean, do you see that as a long-term thing for, for Jimmy John's or, or what? Yeah, I do see it as a long-term thing. I believe that one of the areas that Jimmy John's needed to advance in was a campaign idea. The sandwich of sandwiches is our campaign idea. Tony Bilonovich is the manifestation of the creative strategy behind the anti-hero. Historically, like many QSR brands, they tend to have run a little bit of like retail one-off. There was no red thread that went through the advertising. And that doesn't really create a campaign. So now I want a campaign and I want to to have continuity this year and likely into next year. If you think about some of the best advertising, which is always interesting to me, I always say, whether you agree with this or not, but who would have known that some of the best advertising is in the insurance industry today? If if somebody had asked you that 20 years ago, I think you'd be like, I don't buy it. Uh, But they're a wonderful example Mm -hmm. of creating campaigns that live. The story arc changes, but a high memorability, high recall continues to drive the business. Um, and that would be my expectation here for Jimmy Jones. Right. You know, that's that's a that's a, a really good point. Um, you know, and it's not just one insurance company. Uh, yeah. It's more than one insurance company. It's probably the most boring industry on earth. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, and their ads are 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 fantastic, which I guess for, 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 for an industry like that, you know, uh, that certainly helps because I don't know how else you get, get their, get people's attention. Right. That. Right. Now did now, like said, so Jimmy John's always had this sort of irreverent sort of, you know, attitude. I mean, historically, I gotta say like of all the, you know, uh, you know, really certainly of, of, of all the restaurant chains in terms of advertising, that's always some of my favorites have historically been Jimmy John's. Yeah. Um, is that like, is that something like, like really key just like going forward for, for the brand, especially given, you know, you, you say it's, you know, it's still a challenger brand, although it's getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think irreverence is part of the brand. And when you think about how the brand was born in 1983, um, really on college campuses, right? So there was always a very playful 
personality to the brand. Um, and it born out of this college kind of mindset. We were open until three in the morning and you can imagine um, how, how that went on a college campus. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then we started to expand, obviously, but we wanted to keep that irreverent, fun tone because we're really hardworking. We're go-getters, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. As I like to say, and I, I say this with all due respect, um, we're selling sandwiches. We're not saving lives, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to have some fun in it. We need to welcome our guests. So when you go into a Jimmy John's, there's a different welcome than I think when you go into other, other uh, brands. And even the people who tend to work at a Jimmy John's, right? There is kind of a, a coolness or a hipness and an irreverence about them. Um, and we want to keep that going. We think it's really, really unique to the brand. Mm hmm yeah, I thought the, that's a really good point. I mean, in terms of, I mean, the industry fundamentally is about having fun, right? At the end of the day, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I suppose, you know, as you said, that we're, we're not really saving lives. I mean, we're feeding people, yeah. uh, the industry's feeding people, but at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, people go out to restaurants because they really want to have a good time or they, you know, that's, that is a very significant element to it. Um, and you know, I, I sometimes think that gets lost a little bit. Yeah, um, I do too. I agree with you. Right. So has the, the pandemic kind of changed how, how you think at all in terms of, of, of messaging or anything like that, or, or is there any sort of different thinking today than there was like, say a year and a half ago? Yeah, for sure. You know, when the pandemic hit, obviously you've talked to a number of brands, we all have the same story. <clears throat> it was quite devastating. And working your way out of that situation was challenging for every brand uh, and, and every, every person across the globe. So, um, you know, we had to do some things differently last year, which was a lot about contactless, right? How can we interact with you? How can we help you in your life? Because you want to eat, right? You want Jimmy John's, but you feel unsafe, right? And so contactless pickup, delivery, drive-through, like a, like a lot of, of, of restaurant chains move to. What will be interesting is to see as we move forward, what kind of consumer paradigm shift will remain, mm -hmm. right? And so um, I do think that the notion of we have to be trustworthy, we have to be fresh, we have to get the product to the guest exactly where they want it on their terms, and I think that is what has changed, Jonathan. So I think consumers' mindsets now are even more geared around pickup, drive-through, delivery. Not to say that people weren't thinking about that before. They were. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there has been a fundamental paradigm shift that will more than likely stay around for a while. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, how do you, like, as, I mean, you know, how do you, I guess, monitor that change. Cause like, we really don't know how the consumer is like the consumer is changing as we speak. I mean, you know, like you know, they're, you know, more, you know, more of them are returning to offices for instance, but we don't know how, how often they'll be inside the office for instance, you know, we do, we have a pretty good idea, um, you know, that, you know, consumers are, are definitely, well, consumers are definitely eating inside of restaurants now, uh, but we don't know how much they're going to eat inside of restaurants versus eating inside their homes or their offices. And how do you kind of adjust for that as, 
you know, as, as a CMO of a chain? How do you, how do you monitor that and, and then adjust? Well, we certainly monitor it via sales by channel, mm-hmm. right? So we can see how that has changed over time and it has changed dramatically. Um, now things are beginning to get back to, I want to say normal, but that's overused and it's not actually accurate. A, a more normal state, but I think that's going to take time. You know, I, I don't think this is going to happen overnight. And so we monitor our channel um, activity quite closely to make sure that we have the right resources in store to deliver upon the experience. So while more people are coming into restaurants, um, the channels around delivery, drive-through, curbside pickup remain very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't really talked a whole lot about technology. Could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, do you work a lot um, um, on those sorts of issues? Is that something that you're really focused on? Yeah, I think if you're in marketing and you're not working on technology in some way, shape or form, your brand is likely not going to be set up for success. So, you know, now I will say Jimmy John's has actually done a, a pretty nice job, right? So if you look at our app and you look at our web functionality, the way that consumers work through it, our proprietary delivery platform, the ease of it, I think that Jimmy John's has been well ahead of the industry, right? I do think that in the QSR industry, a little bit of lagging in terms of meeting consumers where they really want and need to be. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's racing. And you can read about it all the time. Everybody's racing into technology, in terms of app, in terms of delivery, um, in terms of loyalty. Um, we have a loyalty program that we introduced about a year and a half ago. It's been extraordinarily successful. And so we continue to really push on technology. What are consumers' uncovered needs, right, that they want to see? And sometimes, Jonathan, it's just new features within an app that they might want. And sometimes it's a bit um, larger, right? In terms of getting to true personalization. So how do we understand our guest in such a way that we can communicate to them quite literally one-on-one? So we know what they're looking for. We know when they're looking for it and that will help us communicate to them and make that transaction easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy John's gets the the uh, I think the credit for some of the ease of 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 service that it's had historically, and it, to me, like easy is fundamentally what this is all about, right? Just being right. able to or you know get your food as easy as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I agree. Right, I right, agree. right. Super. So uh, this was fantastic, Darren. I really appreciate you joining us this week on the podcast. Hey, Jonathan. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Great meeting you. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which has been edited, as always, by Kimberly Kazmarek. Artwork by Nico Hines. You can find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening.
Restaurant business members enjoy exclusive benefits from access to unlimited premium content and members-only research from Technomic to monthly recipe demos and private roundtables with restaurant business editors. Subscribe now with code RBPODCAST21 to access your free 30-day trial to unlock industry insights that will move your operation forward.